Okay, cowboy, here's the odds. The time has come. Time for adventure. It's nail-biting time again. And this time, this time, this time with a vengeance. This time, it's personal. It couldn't possibly get any worse. Attack of the Third returns again. And (laughs) (laughs) I'm your host, Night Owl Joe. And I am Darn That Dave, uh, back again after I gave Joe a good movie to watch. Uh, and what what did you do to me, Joe? I, we... I, I I put you through the ringer, Dave. I, again, again. Again. Yes. You are 0 for 2, my friend. <laughs> well, that is what I'm here for, my friend. Uh, this time we are covering yeah, the cinematic masterpiece, RoboCop 3. That was sarcasm, by the way. I know that it always doesn't translate on the internet. <laughs> The furthest thing from a masterpiece. I'm not out here doling out hot takes about this movie. <laughs> Just to clarify, because I know my reputation's a bit sketchy on that front. And and I will throw you under the bus. I'll be like, yeah, he loves this movie. He he recommended it. He he made me watch it. So he must think this is really, really good. He's guilty, Your Honor. But no, um, I got about 20 minutes into the movie before my first note was. This is going to be a cinematic autopsy. That's <laughs> my first note. Yeah, I mean, that is appropriate. What I want to know is, before we really dive into the pile of excrement that is oh, RoboCop 3, <laughs> what is your history with RoboCop? Like, for me, I, of course, love the first one. I think right. it's, it's you know, it's certainly a classic of the genre, if not just a classic in general. Uh, one of Verhoeven's best. I think it's, I think it's tremendous. Um, but that was where I stopped. I never, I still haven't seen RoboCop two. Really? Um, yeah. So I just went straight to number three, uh, cause, cause I wanted to see if, you know, cause they did, a, you know, I did research. I looked up Wikipedia and I looked up like the bare bones plot of RoboCop right. two and that this wasn't super connected to that. It's not like you need yeah. to watch RoboCop two to quote unquote, enjoy RoboCop three. Um, and it makes me wonder if how great the first RoboCop is doesn't put these sequels at such a huge, huge disadvantage without an auteur like Verhoeven behind it. Um, well, my per- my personal history uh, with RoboCop, I saw the comic books as a kid, you know, because they make Fucking comic books nerd. on RoboCop. Of course, I-, I saw the comic books as a kid and uh, <laughs> I was like, oh, this looks cool. And my dad's like, yeah, that was a pretty good movie. I was like, it, you know, OK, it's a movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Fast forward a few years when Hollywood Video was going out of business, Blockbuster Hollywood, all of them, they were selling their VHS inventory. And sure. my mom and I would stop there after school every Friday. And my dad worked, you know, late shift. So her and I would order a pizza from Papa John's next door and we'd <laughs> go into Hollywood Video and we'd load up on tapes for the weekend. And we'd just, you know, binge watch movies if we didn't have anything else to do. And like my parents were a bit... Uh, select very aggressively selective about which R-rated movies I could watch. Okay. And at this time, we didn't have smartphones to whip out the parents guide on IMDb. <laughs> right. Check. Right. So uh, <laughs> we, I, I found RoboCop on like the fifty cent pile, and I was like, "Oh, mom, can I get RoboCop?" And she, she called my dad. He's like, "Can can he watch RoboCop?" And my dad's like, "I think I remember it being fine. I think there's some swearing, a little bit of blood, but <laughs> and nothing he hasn't seen before." That movie is super fucking violent, dude. What the hell? Uh, my dad's memory is not the greatest with that kind of thing. 
so we sat down my mom and i are watching it and it like it opens you know with the the office scene where that (laughs) poor bastard kenny gets blown apart she pauses the movie like stops the vhs tape she looks at me horrified she goes do you want to finish this i'm like yeah (laughs) of course like you're gonna stop it now but no so this is this is actually relevant um I, I loved it. The whole movie, fantastic, blew me away. Like, fried my little neurons. Twelve years old, you know. And afterwards, my mom was like, "I let you finish the movie, but I don't want you watching it all the time. You can't keep the tape." So mm. she actually threw it away, and I was devastated. And she's like, "I don't really want you watching violent stuff like that on the regular." So being twelve years old, imagine how relieved I was when I found out there was a PG thirteen RoboCop sequel. I was like, "Yes, yeah, I get, sure. I get RoboCop." And, you know, mom's happy and I still get to have my cyborg, you know, cop awesomeness. So I bought RoboCop 3 on VHS and I watched the shit out of it as a kid because it it was all I was allowed to at that point, you know. Um, But I don't think prior to this podcast, I don't think I'd actually seen the movie in maybe 15 years. You know, Sure. The the last time I watched it was probably on VHS. I don't think mm. I've ever seen it on anything but that until now. <laughs> so, God, this movie makes so many mistakes. It's hard to even know where to begin. Um, it feels like they they teased apart, okay, what made RoboCop great? Okay, uh, there's a RoboCop. There's, um, there's a fair amount of violence, but we want a bigger audience, so we're going to make it PG-13. Um, <laughs> There's kind of the 80s aesthetic. So you have the splatter punks right. um, and then you have to have the evil company. Right. So you have um, what's what's this what's this bucket from uh, uh, the West Wing uh, yeah. showing up in this movie to to play the part um, that we that is like kind of a deliciously evil part in the first one. Yeah. And everything is just like everything is the dime store version yeah. of this. I mean, up to the actor who's playing RoboCop. Like yeah. we couldn't even get the original RoboCop to be in this movie. Um, and I just kept watching this, especially because like the first half of the movie, like there's like no RoboCop. Yeah, yeah it was like, bizarre. I didn't notice it before. weird choice. Like yeah. I was just like, he's like, I don't know. It's almost like, uh, he, like you've seen Minority Report, right? Of course, yeah. Like he's more like the, the precogs. Yeah. Then an action hero, like he's laid up and he's injured and he's telling them what's coming. Like, oh, the bad guys are coming. There's they're outside. Yeah. But like, and you got this, like, you know, this smart computer kid kind of running the show. Uh. I mean, it's just, man, it is so bad. And um, I wish it surprised me that Frank Miller wrote this screenplay, but it, it really doesn't like that's that so- kind of fits. <laughs> In, in in keeping with the, the cinematic autopsy thing here, uh, we're looking for cause of death. I think the first thing was that given the, the marketing around RoboCop and RoboCop 2 subsequently was so heavily targeted at children, um, uh, even before RoboCop 3 was out, like on the heels of RoboCop 2, they're like, the next one has to be available for all ages to go see, you know? Which mm. it's a marketing thing. It's it's you know what they did to Batman and Robin. You know they turned it into a toy commercial. But it is a marketing thing, but it like completely misunderstands what 
the appeal was. Right, because this is a corporate decision. This isn't an artistic decision. I bet the people who made that decision maybe hadn't even seen the movies. You know, like, <laughs> that wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. Now. <laughs> so, you know, you get again, like we talked about this with Critters 3, you know, we have uh, a talent who's called in and, you know, they're like, hey, you get to make RoboCop 3. And your first instinct is, oh, fantastic. I love those movies. I want to make RoboCop 3. Like, but it has to be PG-13. Like, well, shit, I'm stuck, but I might as well mitigate the damage and, and try and make the best PG-13 RoboCop movie I can. You, you can't. You know, there there's no upside to that. But, you know, Fred Fred Decker really, I guess, had a lot of very strong left-wing ideas at the time he wanted to put into a movie. You know, um, homeless people, disenfranchised people taking up arms against the corporation, you know, sure. police officers uh, choosing what's right over their jobs and it's funny because he actually was telling John Carpenter the plot for RoboCop 3. And John Carpenter actually said, wow, that's pretty left wing, man. I mean, it is uh, like it absolutely is a left wing story, but it's done so poorly. And this yeah. is, you know, this is something you hardly ever see in Hollywood. Uh, but it looks like this this white guy, this white guy director went to director jail after this because oh, he yeah. hasn't made he hasn't made another feature. Since yeah. this, he did Night of the Creeps and the Monster Squad, basically back to back, did an episode of Tales from the Crypt, and then mm -hmm. in 93 did Robocop 3. And the only other thing he's directed is a short in 2020. So 27 years later, he still has not gotten another shot. And you know <laughs> what? I think he fucking deserves it. This movie is that bad. Like, I mean, I know you could say like you're hamstrung by the, the PG 13 rating and wanting to appeal to so there's many no, people. There's, no there's really no excuse for this. movie. This is a badly directed and very badly written movie. Like I was legitimately stunned. This is, this is worse than critters three. Well, oh yeah. If and I critters three is pretty bad. Yeah, but this is rough. And the thing that's upsetting about it, too, is actually there's a fair amount of talented actors yeah. in this movie. Oh, like yeah. this is a good cast. CCH founder, mm -hmm. uh, Rip Torn, um, you know, like there's a lot of good people here um, who usually play, you know, a that guy type yeah. role, like a yeah, good yeah. character actor. And that's really what you need in these movies. You don't need yeah. a, you know, an Oscar winner, a standout lead actor because your lead should be fucking RoboCop. It's in the goddamn title. Yeah. But RoboCop is barely in this movie. And, like, and when he like... is, it's pathetic. Like, I, I told my brothers, like, we, we watched it all together. And in the end, the, afterwards, they were like, was that awesome? Was it terrible? I can't tell. You know, that indecision that, you know, a terrible. kid has. The answer is terrible. And <laughs> I said, guys, every time he fights the robot ninjas, he falls Ugh. on his ass. There's no fight. They flip and knock him down and flip and knock him down. There's no fight scene. There's, there's nope. just trampolining back and forth. Yeah, you know, it's you it's had, legitimately bad. Yeah, I mean, it's, had, it's uh, rough. Uh, I think, and the the main reason why it's worse than Critters Three is because it had more potential than Critters Three. Like Critters yes. Three, you knew that was going to be yeah, bad. Like that's, it's Critters Three. You know, right. there's no way. But like RoboCop Three, it did have a theatrical release. It had I don't want to say a big budget, but it had an accomplished budget. More had certainly been done with less. And yes. it had it had a great cast, <laughs> you know. And I think Robert John Burke would have made a fine RoboCop. Oh yeah, in, in better hands. And the only reason Peter Weller didn't return was because of scheduling obligations with Naked Lunch. He wanted to return. He wanted right. to do the role. And there's, I want to, I want to 
say that there's nothing wrong with his performance as Robocop. Right. Yeah. Like, actually, like throughout most of the movie, I thought it was Peter Weller. Yeah. Uh, and then the credits rolled and I was like, oh, huh, not even him. Yeah. Of course, you know, <laughs> half of his face is covered yeah. for most of it and that's fine. Yeah. And I, I take... I take a little bit of offense to the fact that this movie makes a really misguided attempt to play on your heartstrings uh, by killing his partner. Like it is, I and this is a character I really like from the first movie, Um, like a surprisingly um, kind of modern female police officer in this movie from the eighties. And I watched this and pretty like, you know, she just is, you know, she's a, she's a meat shield. Yeah. For the movie. Like it doesn't. And as RoboCop, I guess, is saying goodbye. Like I feel nothing in that moment. Yeah. Like I was Same. like, I don't, I don't care. Like none of this, none of this matters at all. Like I just, so that is, that annoys me when a movie kills off a good character yeah. for no good reason. And it doesn't yeah. have an impact. And I absolutely agree. And I think part of the problem was with RoboCop, not that that movie, in my opinion, has many problems at all, the first one, but with RoboCop, it's a movie, it's, it's narrative has a closed loop. You know, right. the whole arc was about, you know, Murphy dying, resurrecting, and reclaiming his humanity, and Officer Lewis was the anchor, his his anchor to humanity, and once he's regained his humanity, you, you can't really go many places, you know, uh, obvious places with that afterwards. So right. like RoboCop 2 comes around and I, I, I maintain that's a perfectly serviceable action sci-fi movie directed by the guy who did Empire Strikes Back. You know, it's definitely mm-hmm. not on the caliber of RoboCop, but it's fine. It's a fun yeah. action movie. Great stunts, great special effects. Officer Lewis didn't have shit to do in that movie, but at least they didn't kill her off. You know, right, right. There when Murphy needed her. And this this one, I I think they realized they didn't have anything that the audience was going to care about that much. And I think because it's it, it's directed like it's a, a commercial, like nobody seems mm-hmm. here. You know, there's there's no sincerity. I think, honestly, the most the two most sincere characters is probably as far as like well acted, um, the doctor who takes care of Robocop and yeah. Robocop himself. Yeah, they yeah, I'd agree fine. with that. Yeah, and I think actually that story is more interesting than the story they focused on. Yeah, um, like her difficulty in like working for this evil corporation and finally making the decision to do the right thing. I think that was really interesting. Yeah. And you you mentioned the budget. Uh, this would be amazingly cost like twenty two million dollars to make. Um, and it made 47 million overall. So it's the least profitable of the franchise, um, which is not a surprise. Uh, it's Rotten Tomato score is 6%, uh, which an average score of 3.2 out of 10. And of course my favorite, my favorite reviewer as, as many people's Roger Ebert gave a great take down of it. He said, why do they persist in making these retreads? Because RoboCop is a brand name, I guess. And this is this year's new model. It's an old tradition in Detroit to take an old design and slap on some fresh chrome. <laughs> and I thought like, well, well done. You really, you were really feeling yourself on that one, Roger. Uh, it's, <laughs> and he's absolutely right though. Like this just, it feels so much like a cash grab where it's like, well, we still got the RoboCop suit. So you idiots will pay for it. So yeah. we're, we're gonna, we're gonna put this out. And it's just, there's so much wrong with it. Um, and honestly, one of the things that's wrong with it is the PG 13 rating. Yeah. Um, and it's also like not as funny. 
Like the especially the first Robocop movie <sighs> is darkly very comedic. Yeah. Like they really go for it. And here, oh, yeah. like I guess for except for maybe the Bradley Whitford character, which they're trying to like, you know, bring in some kind of dark, sarcastic humor there. There's nothing it here. It's all it's weirdly self-serious. Yeah. Like it's just like they thought they were making a fantastic film here, like a really auteur driven film. And I'm like, what do you what do you think this is? Like this is what? Like yeah. this is not RoboCop. Like I, I'm like weirdly offended and annoyed that this has the RoboCop name on it because it feels yeah. like such a betrayal of everything that made at least that original movie great. And I, I, I think you, you raise a lot of valid points. And where you feel, you know, betrayed and, and frustrated, I kind of feel pity, you know, because I think the director who who did a rewrite, if I recall correctly, on Frank Miller's script, the studio asked him to do a rewrite on yes. it for, <laughs> for reasons. Um, I think he clearly had his ideas stemming from the right place. The concepts were sound. The concepts were actually fascinating, a lot mm-hmm. of them. The, the the merger between the Japanese corporate the takeover not merger takeover of OCP by the Kanemitsu Corporation was well, could have been played for great you know potential there was a lot of material there to work with and uh, according to the director he wanted to do a lot of more Eastern inspired action scenes he wanted to hire an Asian stunt team um, to do big set pieces for Otomo you know the robot and all this sounds great you know but he didn't have the budget he didn't have the money. Uh, he kept having to cut back on what he already had. And, but, you know, more than that, there's clearly a point in the movie where they want to deal with RoboCop grieving. You know, how, how does this man who's grappling with mm-hmm. his humanity, how does he grieve? And then the little girl loses her parents and he has to find a way to relate to her in that moment. And he mm-hmm. sort of goes through his own databanks and realizes, you know, you know, my, I still have my family as memories and memories are what defines me as a human. Cause remember they wanted to take his memories away earlier in the movie. Mm-hmm. That was, that was a thing they went out of their way to point out. So right. like, I, th- I feel the director wanted to make some kind of meaningful, maybe, you know, a uh, dollar store profound statement there about memories defining us, but it gets lost in the muddle of all these other things. Mm-hmm. You know, when RoboCop's on his ass the whole time, you don't, it, there's no real pull to get invested and everybody else is um, apparently directed to act like they're in an episode of Power Rangers. You know, like <laughs> there is a lot of that. Yes. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, Even the the Asian robot. Yeah. Too. Like it yeah. feels very silly. Yeah. And that's the thing about like, you know, the first Robocop movie is like the villains, whether they be humans or, you know, the, the giant machine yeah. feel intimidating, feel frightening. Yeah. yeah. And here is just like, there's nothing here. And uh, this movie, and this is, I'm going to say ahead of time, this is an unfair criticism that I'm going to make. Um, so know that going in, I'm watching this with 2021 eyes um, <laughs> and any movie where all the cops stand up and do the right thing. I find completely silly. Like yeah. I can't, I can't buy it. Uh, I don't know if I would have thought that if I saw this in the eighties, um, there was certainly less no, it's trash. publicity there, but I was just like all these cops standing up and doing the right thing and giving up their pensions. I'm like, yeah, fucking right. This would never, ever, ever happen. And it also, you know, it leads into the moment of the movie. I think that's supposed to be the most powerful where the cops go defend the homeless people, which now that I think about it, um, I wouldn't even have bought that in the eighties cops defending yeah, homeless people has trash. never happened in the history of cops. That's, that's, that's not a thing. Um, and it also leads to um, weirdly my favorite 
uh, moment in the movie and not in a good way. Like I legitimately laughed out loud when we got flying RoboCop. <laughs> I thought that was the dumbest thing I've seen in a long, long time. <laughs> and, and of course it's relatively cheap, cheaply made, even though it's a $22 million budget, that effect looks terrible. Yeah. And also it like, I don't know that a flying RoboCop accomplishes much more than a walking RoboCop other than like getting to the top floor quicker. Like that's the yeah. only that's I, the only really good thing. I was like, why are we doing this? And it felt like it was supposed to be a big moment. Like everyone's supposed to go, wow, this is incredible. He has yeah. a he has a jetpack. It's the Rocketeer meets Robocop. Yeah. Uh, I guess. And I just watched this and just legitimately by myself laughed out loud at this. Yeah. It's it's really sad because I think there's a lot of there's a lot of cool spectacle uh potential there. I don't think that inherently the concept is flawed. I think the execution you know, it was outstripped by the fact they had no budget uh, to do that effect with, with everything else that they had, you know, mm-hmm. uh, they, they talked about that too. Um, but uh, going back to what you were saying just prior, um, sorry, I drew a blank for a second. What were you talking about right before the, the special mm-hmm. effects? The cops, the cops oh, yeah. supposedly defending homeless people. That, that would have been garbage even in the eighties. And you don't even have to look at reality. And even in the world of RoboCop, the cops right. have gone on strike twice. Okay. Right. They actually went on strike. They don't give a shit about people. <laughs> and that is Canon in this trilogy, right? There's no, there's no buildup for them to suddenly grow a conscience and give a shit. It's it, there's actually a plot point in the second movie that like, the opening takes place with this really clever sort of ongoing shot of uh, different criminals doing different things. And they all sort of lead into each other. And you realize where's the cops. There's no cops. They're on strike. And these guys raid this gun store and just steal all the guns. And then RoboCop pulls up because he's the only cop who won't go on strike him and him and uh, officer Lewis, they won't go on strike, you know, and she stays because he stays and he stays because he is nothing but a man of made of principles, literally, you know? Right. Yeah. And there's a point later in the movie that he's the only cop on duty in Detroit the whole time. And <laughs> the OCP reprograms him with all these bullshit directives. And he literally gets so fed up with the new restrictions. He electrocutes the shit out of himself so that he can finally go after the bad guy. And the cops cross the picket line to pick him up. And it's one of the only moments in that movie, like in a sincere fashion, it's more badass than emotional, but it's like, they don't, they, they won't put down their picket signs to, to help people, but they'll put down the picket signs to help one of their own when they realize he's trying to get mm. shit done. And they do, yeah. they, they pick him up, they carry him away. You know, that you're, you all right. And you know, they're like, they're ready to kick ass because RoboCop is doing, he made that sacrifice. He could have killed right. him. Right. There's an inspiration there. Exactly. That that makes a little more sense. And in this movie, I I do like the performance of the lead cop. Yeah. Um, I think he's good. And I think that scene works if he's the only one who walks away or him and his partner walk away. But instead, it just becomes this like, I don't know, this is like Sally Field leading the strike uh, for all the workers and they and everyone gets motivated. I'm like, I just don't buy it. And also um, and this is a nitpick and this is a cheap movie but right. the um the sound of the badges hitting the ground <laughs> tin 
Ten like, Toy Story badges. Ding, yeah, ding, I mean, it ding. looks like they bought cop uniforms from a <laughs> from a costume store. Oh, like God. I was like, you couldn't like even if you just fix it in post, the sound it's so blatantly obvious that there was no money spent on this stuff, and that is not something that would cost a lot of money. It doesn't cost a million dollars to get some decent badges with some weight to them. And I was just like, are these even real cops? Like, what is, who are these guys? And it's just it's just one more thing. It's a small thing. But it's just it's one more thing that like starts to stand out in this movie yeah. that yeah. makes you realize like this isn't only a bad movie like this is OK, maybe I'm being extreme here. But to me, this is like an all timer bad movie like this is this is up there with some of the worst stuff. There's not I can think of maybe two good moments in this movie. And the rest is it's it's not just that it's bad. It's bad and uninteresting. Yeah. And I, I think one of one of the things I've been trying to articulate ever since I watched the movie, I mean, ever since I watched it back in the day and even all the way up till now, I couldn't really articulate the one thing about the acting, the performances, the writing, the plot, the story. It's all very naive. Mm-hmm. It has that very naive sense of right and wrong, that gung-ho sense of, you know, um, left-wing liberal idealism where you know you have a scene where every cop in the station throws his badge down to do the right thing it jumps the shark from being inspirational and lands squarely in cartoonish territory in fact there's been two robocop cartoons and this is more cartoonish than the cartoons yes that's that's not a good sign especially when you're dealing with you know real flesh and blood humans ironically given this movie you know it's sad. It's sad because I can tell he did have good ideas, good intentions, and there was nobody to pull him aside and say, hey, what let's, the fuck are you doing, dude? Just, like, and, and the funny thing is the RoboCop with the jetpack would have had more impact if it was only two cops that showed up to help the homeless people. Right, they would have been right. horribly outmatched. And then here comes RoboCop saving their ass. That would have been awesome, at least yes. in, in the concept of that scene, um, if not you know, ignoring the special effects and the actual framing of those shots the concept of him showing up like that would have had a little more weight. Right. It just, and it, that, yeah. that blind sense of goodness that you're talking about, not only does it suck in this movie, but it's also like, it flies in the face of the world. Like, as you mentioned, the world of RoboCop. Yeah. Um, this is, this is a police uh, force that is quite literally bought and paid for by a company. Yeah. Um, these are not, good people. And certainly the people who run that company are not good people. So to try and like cast this whole like motivational rah-rah police moment in the middle of a RoboCop movie, it like it more than rings fall uh, hollow and false. It's like, I mean, this is a strong word for it, but it's like, it's weirdly offensive um, to the original movie. Like I watched this and I'm like, wow, all the work that was done in this, uh, in this world to set all this up, and you did this like this, this, you could, this could be any cop movie right. like this. This would, this doesn't have to be a RoboCop movie, especially because RoboCop basically does nothing for yeah. 90% of this movie. He just sits there in a suit uh, and doesn't work. Like it's just, he's, he's the ultimate cop on strike in this yeah. movie. He just kind of lies there for like, you know, an hour and 30 minutes. And then, you know, of course saves the day at the end. Um, and you know what? I watched this movie like two or three days ago. And thankfully, thank God, it is like already fading from my memory. <laughs> like, it's just like there's there's glimpses of things because they were so cheesy looking and so yeah. bad, whether yeah. it's the robot fight scene or it's the, you know, RoboCop flying with a jetpack. But like the actual plot of this movie, it 
it does create the sense of like, wow, who really gives a shit? Like you could tell they didn't really put in the work for the screenplay. Like it doesn't, it doesn't hold up at all in either good or bad ways. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. And I think, uh, you know, uh, there's, there's, there's a a few good laughs in there for me personally, most of them unintentional, but like uh, (laughs) credit, credit where credit's due. I do love the bit, the gag, where the the idiot tries to hold up the donut shop. What can I do for you, pal? Nobody move! Everything in the register now! Do it! What's it like being a rocket scientist? All units, we have a confirmed B and E involving police property. Please respond. Repeat. All units, we have a confirmed. Oh, that's no, that is a funny gag. That, that is very funny. Is very funny. <laughs> yeah. You know, everyone turns around. He turns around. All the cops are there. <laughs> and the moment even later was like, is somebody going to arrest me or yeah. like, what is what? what's going on? That's, that's a good moment. And I think it actually accesses some of the humor from the original movie. I think yeah. I think that is something that would not stand apart. Like if you took that scene and put it directly anywhere in the middle of the first Robocop, I think it works. I think yeah. it works in that in that world. Absolutely. Um, and so because of that, it's almost out of place in this movie. Yeah. Like you watch it and you're like, wait, this doesn't fit with the rest. Like, it, yeah. And same with the in the police station, like right before the scene we've been ragging on this whole time. Um, <laughs> there's a scene where uh, Robocop shows up to the police station and asks where the uh, where the bad guys are, basically. And they tell him. But like before he walks in there, you got one of those homeless stragglers who's just like talking the captain's ear off. All right. You got a Robocop. You got an alien cop. Huh? You got a ghost cop. Leon, I told you I don't have time. You got a vampire cop? Oh, jeez. Again, I love that bit. It's a gag that I think even would have worked in the first two. Um, sure. Which, which makes it kind of shocking that, like, a lot of the humor that they go for just falls flat, you know? Because those two yeah. scenes are fine. Those two scenes, they're like, that genuinely got a laugh out of me both times. Yeah, um, and I didn't mind kind of the the introduction of Robocop in the Soviet where he comes <laughs> to the rescue for the splatterpunks. I didn't mind that. Like, I didn't think it was it was a bad sequence. Like, it's not amazing. It, you know, it's not like, you know, in the first one where he shoots someone's dick off like that fucking rules. <laughs> but, like, it's enough. And you're like, okay, Robocop is back. But it does feel weird that, like, in the beginning – they're like hiding Robocop yeah. like yeah. from the viewers. Like you just see the shot inside his car, but you don't see him. Yeah. You don't hear his voice. And it's like, uh, we know he's here. The movie's called Robocop three. Like you're not fucking fooling anybody. It's such a <laughs> weird choice. Like if this was the first Robocop and they were doing yeah. it like, okay, we're going to do a flashback later of how he became who he is. Yeah. Then yeah then this moment works. But in this movie, like we've already had four hours of RoboCop movies. Yeah. We know what RoboCop looks like. You don't have to trick yeah. anybody, man. This isn't a reveal. Like we're just like, what are you doing? Let's I get think, it together. I think they were trying to build hype because the second movie does that pretty well. In the scene where the guys are stealing from the gun store, you know, a lone cop car from the distance, you hear the sirens and they're like, you know, it's the cops. He goes, what are you talking about, man? The cops are on strike. He goes, listen. And then, you know, the RoboCop music plays and the cop car pulls up. And given that they're raiding a gun store, they shoot the hell out of the car and it blows up. And mm-hmm. then the door creaks open and you see his foot. Thunk, 
You know, and it's like, oh, shit. Right. And that's a good reveal because it yeah. shows you something you recognize. But this felt like they were trying to keep it a secret. It like it's such, it's such a strange <laughs> sequence. Like I was watching it. It's like, because the way they set it up, I was like, maybe it's not RoboCop. Maybe it's a whole different thing. And then yeah. he shows up and it's just him. Yeah. And you're like, what? What the it, fuck, guys? Did you, did you love how he doesn't know how to use doors in this movie, Dave? Oh, Jesus. He, he shoots the roof out of his own police cruiser for no reason. This this highly advanced cybernetic organism and just can't manage do- doorknobs handles like that's, that's too much room. He just bends the fucking door open instead of shoving it open. Like what? <sighs> Nobody like, can use that elevator now. And I guess you know they're trying to show off the strength of RoboCop, but it just makes him look like a dummy. And then like, like you're two like, seconds, what you, Yeah, like two no, seconds. There, there are a thousand opportunities in any RoboCop movie, in any action movie, to show that this yeah. guy is strong and like almost impregnable in yeah. in his forces. Like, so to do that just feels like it's weird. It feels like showing off, and it also feels very stupid. It, it makes uh, him look dumb. Yeah. 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 Because like. In it's the same great. scene where he goes to find the bad guy, like right out of the elevator, he shoots a door. He like cartoon Looney Tunes shoots the door <laughs> out like an outline so that he can walk through it. Like you bent the metal door, but shot the wood door. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, just punch the fucking door open, man. It's wood. Cheap, <laughs> shitty, termite infested wood, obviously. And he wasted like an entire fucking clip from top to bottom <laughs> shooting this massive outline in the door. And it just, it, I laughed. I laughed like the whole. See, especially because like Robocop is set up in these previous movies as, and even in this movie, early in the movie, as someone who is a crack shot, who yeah. can take, take people out at a distance, knows exactly how many bullets to use. Uh-huh. And then, but you know, his, Apparently, the most difficult villain he will ever face is termite-infested wood. That is something that will be really difficult for him to handle. Like, you know, these gang members hiding in the shadows, you know, 200 feet away. He'll take them out with one bullet. Mm -hmm. Uh, But doors uh, is apparently too much for him to handle. Full auto. (laughs) Jesus. Oh, it's bad. And like even even in the other movies, I mean, it's a weird sticking point, but I definitely noticed it. Like the doors, man, like in the second one, he punched through a metal door and like unlocked it from the other side. Right. Which was which was cool. But in this one, like he shoots the wood door out. Like I, I could not get over that. Like the yeah, rest of the so movie. many, so many poor choices. Like this <sighs> is a tremendously bad movie. And yeah. I you know, anytime I post what I'm watching on Twitter, I always take it with a grain of salt because yeah. everyone loves uh, some yeah. bad movie and everybody hates even a good movie. But yeah. every response I got to this was negative. Yeah. Uh, like, you know, you should throw that in the trash. <laughs> Why would you bother? You know, just and, you know, at first I was kind of like, oh, come on, it can't be that bad. And then I got like 30 minutes in. And I was like, I've made a terrible mistake. Yeah, like this is this, and really, it's not my mistake. It's yours because uh, you <laughs> recommended this. Are you ever going to have us watch a good movie? Yes, yes, is, I absolutely that, will. I absolutely right. will. I wanted to revisit this because I do have fond memories of it as a kid. But I think it, it now, was a, now it was you know kid, your memories are for shit. It like, was a kid who had mem- yeah, it's terrible, yeah. terrible. Oof. Rough. If he hadn't been exposed to a lot of you know great stuff at the time, it, it, it may do. And again, when, when you're tw- when you're 12 and you watch Power Rangers every Saturday morning, this fits right into that. You know, this doesn't your 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 
uh, standard of quality is not terribly high. Like, you know, the, the great stuff when you see it. Like I knew, obviously, the first RoboCop movie was miles better than this. But by no means did I think that this was the worst movie, you know, ever. You know, it was just it had, you know, shooting and explosions. And I was fine with that. But, you know, I think even a few years later, I would have been like, what the fuck? You know, yeah. like, God See, hearing it. this just makes me so glad that I'm older than you. Yeah. That I wasn't the right age to, like, watch Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Because apparently that just brings your expectations so low that you would even love RoboCop 3. And I don't, <laughs> don't want to live like that, Joe. I want better things. Well, to be fair, I think even the acting in that show from the leads uh, ended up, you know, acquitting itself better because it was for kids. It was for, it's just yes. like, you know, yes. TVY7. Seven. Seven-year-olds don't need masterclass actors in their no, material. No, certainly not. Certainly um, not. And, and that is better than this. Yeah, absolutely. So. <laughs> I think, I think uh, even then, I think they're a little more sincere than a lot of the performances in this movie, which is yeah. bizarre somehow. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Oh. <sighs> I'm sorry. That's I'm all sorry. right. I'm sorry. For As you should be. I accept endeavor. your apology. Um, and I don't know if the next movie we watch is going to be good. Because um, it's my choice now. And I'm yeah. going to choose a movie that I have never seen. Really? Yes. So I've been told, I follow a lot of horror people on Twitter. Okay. Um, so take that for what it's worth. Good, bad, indifferent. I have been told that The Exorcist 3 is a great misunderstood classic. I've been told this by a number of people. So I'm like, okay, I'm finally going to give it a shot. Uh, The Exorcist, the original, I think is one of the best horror movies ever made. Um, So it's got a lot to live up to. And I've heard the second one is terrible, but the third one is actually really good. So that is going to be next on our list is The Exorcist 3. And I'm hoping that it's good. So I continue my streak of giving you good movies to watch and you will probably continue your streak of making me watch (laughs) utter shit um, and make me go through pain. Well, we'll see. Uh, Before we wrap it up, by the way, I've never seen Exorcist 3 either. In fact, I'm continually shocked when I find out there's even sequels to that movie. Right. So I'm I'm looking forward to this. This will be cool. Um, But how relieved are you that I didn't come into this podcast ready to defend RoboCop 3? I mean, we would have fought. Like that would have been, I would have been so mad. I'd be like, no, I, I, it would basically be in an, in an, in an hour of me interrupting you. Anytime you tried to make a point be like, no. And let me tell you why you dumbass. This movie is a piece of shit. <laughs> so thankfully we did not go that route. Cause yeah. man, this would be, I, this is a rough movie to defend. Yeah. The only way you could defend it is like, Oh, I saw it as a kid and I enjoyed it then. Yeah. That's it. That's the only way. Uh, Cause like watching this, I can't imagine a human person watching this movie now for the first time and going, actually, that wasn't too bad. That's pretty good. Like I can't, I can't picture it. I Unless did, you're like, I like terrible movies, then sure. But that's the only way. Yeah. It, it's interesting. I actually know a guy who did that and I don't know what the hell he was thinking. I don't know what he was smoking or drinking, but he watched all three and he said the second one was terrible. And the third one felt like a return to form <laughs> and everybody in the group chat basically kicked him the fuck out. Cause yeah, like, I was like, you should stop talking to this person. How? how like, yeah, I don't like this is, he's this not, is good. not good. Um, terrible. But like one thing I did want to point out, I feel like uh, I find like movies that I can compare other movies to. And I feel like RoboCop, 
almost it's like it's it's up there with Die Hard. It's like one of the the best movies of its kind, its era. You know, sure. RoboCop Two is like a second tier Schwarzenegger film. It's still wildly sure. entertaining, but you, you make no illusions about what you're getting into. It's just you know a popcorn flick. And RoboCop Three feels like if they made a fourth Ninja Turtles movie. <laughs> Ooh, I think you're going. This is like uh, late Steven Seagal. Like oh, oh, this is. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> that's very yeah, fair. It, it's such. I mean, even though this was terrible, and I hate you for making me watch it, it was really interesting to watch a movie that has all the pieces right. of what made the original great, and then like just make a wrong turn at every single moment. It's like weirdly impressive that yeah. like they managed to like not do anything right. <laughs> Like, the, like, no choice was good throughout this movie. Like, I think we picked out maybe two things in this movie. We were like, oh, I kind of like that. And the yeah. rest is just like, left turn, left turn. Like, God. where are you going? <laughs> it's so it's bad. bad. It's very bad. And, you know, I'm glad I'm glad it's over. You know, the revisit was educational. I got to <laughs> rectify those uh, childhood memories. But, uh, you know, autopsy over, case closed. I'm probably never going <laughs> to revisit this movie again. And if I do, you can get me uh, checked in uh, che- checked in the head, you know. Okay, I will. <laughs> so, um, yeah, next time, Exorcist 3. Excited for that one. Yes. 